Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. We're going back to to back. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, and who, sir, are you? I'm the producer, Matt Duncan. Freddie, how are you doing? I am hot and in my living room, and I'm doing good, and I'm excited about the return of basketball. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm feeling the same way. I'm uh, currently in a room that's 28.4 degrees, and uh, I am also hot for the return of basketball. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, well, uh, let's let's give people the goods. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, you found us. Thank you so much. Thank you if for you, finding us. Thank you. Yeah, that was, that was great on your part. <laughs> But, you know, if you want to find us again, or if you want to share uh, our info, um, what is that info and how do they do that, Matt? Well, you know, you can go to our website, dunkspodcast.com. We have, you know, uh, an array of links there for you to click if you want to subscribe on your iTunes or Stitcher or Pocket Casts or Spotify. You know what? I just submitted us to iHeartRadio. Haven't heard back yet, but we might be able to listen there too. If you're an iHeartRadio person. Um, And uh, yeah, we've got all our stuff there for all our social media as well. If you want to click and subscribe and and get all the goods when they're out. Wonderful. And, uh, you know, considering capitalism has yeah. absolutely failed and uh <laughs> the uh, whole world needs to rebuild its economy um how maybe could people help us financially uh and you know supporting us and kind of becoming a more intimate listener is there is there a forum for that yeah there's a forum all right it's called patreon and we've got a link to it on our site or you can enter in patreon.com slash dunks podcast and if you want to subscribe to that uh give us a little bit of the cheddar each month we'll put it towards the podcast and we'll we'll add some stuff get you know all kinds of costs that go into to making it it'll just help us get to that next level and you'll get some uh exclusive content and early uh posts as well right on and um it is a heat wave here in Toronto, so everyone's asking themselves the same thing. How do I find a toque? Where do I get a toque? And how do I get a toque that doesn't make my head itchy? This is one of the best times that you can test an anti-itching toque. Not many on the market, but the Confederacy of Dunks ones are. Take it out into the heat. <sighs> let the sun sizzle your cap. And let me tell you, you're not going to find an itch. You might have a little bead of sweat here and there, but they're going to keep you nice and warm because the one thing we want to be uh, during this whole crisis is uh, have a really warm forehead. That's right. We <laughs> we are, are are strict and we're serious when we talk about no itching. Now, sweating, overheating, <laughs> I, that's that's a no guarantee from us. But, but it, uh, the, the weather's fluctuating so much. Car, exactly. you know, no one's driving their cars, so the earth is it's going cold. It's going hot. You just never know. We could have a blizzard in July. Get the well, toque, I'm, folks. Get the toque. And, and I mean, thank you for listening every week and uh, we appreciate it. And let's get rolling. I feel like I'm ready. Matt, if you're ready, would you just say the words okay? Okay. 
Okay, let's uh, let's get rocking here with guest number one. Um, she recently started started her own podcast. Uh, it's amazing. I'm sure she'll tell you all about it. She's also a frequent guest of this podcast. Um, she's amazing. She's hilarious. She's an incredible writer. She's just an awesome person. Give it up at home for Catherine Niker. <laughs> Me either, and this is you know, really like I, moody. The music's so cool, you know. It's like so easy to get lost in the sting. It's a bit of a journey. Yeah. Yeah, like I, when when it goes like do do do, I'm kind of like, oh my god, that's sad. Yeah, yeah, that's very introspective. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you doing okay? I'm I'm doing well. How are you? I'm I'm doing good. I'm uh. I'm kind of excited to speculate about some basketball stuff, but um, yeah, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, he's he's amazing. He's the best basketball player I know in real life. He's hilarious. He does all forms of comedy. Um, I mean, he'll he'll tell you where to follow him and where to check him out. Uh, he's also uh, obsessed with basketball, just like me. Give it up as loud as you can at home for Alan Shane Lewis. Thanks for having me. You guys missed it, but I was doing a little dance to my sting here. <laughs> um, At home I, dance. I did miss it. I'd, I'd love to see you dance in real life, but um, we're in a new world now, and that's not allowed. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, are you, Alan, excited for basketball to come back? Uh, potentially, even though the season would have an asterisk. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, right. Um, let's uh, let's not waste any more time and let's get talking. Um, let's get talking about our Raptors, which is really exciting because we're kind of we're done this last dance phase and we're back into kind of Raptors speculation town. So, Matt, this feels pretty good to say, but uh, if you got that Raptors sting, would you give it to me? <laughs> Woo! Okay, Alan. Let's uh, let's start with you. Um, so, you know, we're all hardcore Raptors fans here. We know that the this pandemic, yes, it has larger implications in basketball and always will. But for the for the you know sake of Raptors fans, let's look at it through the lens of uh, Raptors. Uh, Raptors fans and and the Raptors themselves and my first kind of guttural instinct is this pandemic only put a pause on on this Raptor squad like it only slowed them down and gives them more of an edge and I feel like they're they're the perfect team to be just like viciously preparing in a lab every zone that you could ever think of against every team and every superstar possible. Um, but yeah, uh, there's so many different scenarios for, for who we might play. If it comes back, I'm sure it's going to change very, you know, on an hourly basis, but as it lines up right now, it seems like the most common scenarios are us playing the Grizzlies in a reseed and uh, in a format where, where the NBA was reseeded. And uh, if we stick to kind of the regular playoffs, it's likely that we would play the Brooklyn Nets. 
So, um, yeah, do you have a preference? Um, at first, when I heard about the reseeding, I was like, no, no, I hate this because like, I kind of like the, the teams that we kind of had trajectory going wise in the East. But looking at it now, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, bring on the Grizzlies, you know, bring on the Nets. Like, let's, I think this is probably the easiest way for us to get to the finals and win uh, and get to the, and win, to be honest. And like, I think we'd also have to go through LeBron too to get to the finals, which I, I welcome, especially after a historic year like last year where we did get to the finals, but we never actually quite got through LeBron. That thing that's been kind of on our shoulders for a very long time. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm for it. I'm for it this time around. And I think it's a fun way to kind of test out to see if this works for future seasons. Yeah, I, I think I'm almost the, the exact same answer. I think I will say for everyone who ever listens to this podcast, like, you know I want Boston real bad. And this like brings us out of that bracket. And I do not believe that Boston team would even be a threat to make the finals. So it definitely, I think it takes us, it takes them out of harm's way. Um, and that's obviously the, uh, an insanely cocky thing to say and probably is a, is a bit too much, but um, I, yeah, I'd love the Grizzlies. That would be so exciting. I, I'd feel bad for what we'd have to do to JV. But other than that, I would be, I'd enjoy the hell out of that series. Uh, and, you know, Marcus Gasol, he'd get, he'd get, it would be strange for him, right? Like playing the Grizzlies, like in a pandemic scenario. Um, but uh, yeah, what, what, what about you, Catherine? Where, where are you? Do you kind of like, would you prefer to play the, the Brooklyn Nets with, with also, you know, there's a, there's a workout video of Kyrie. All the KD stuff is, it's, you know, he's not coming back. Come on. But Kyrie, you know, I think he's flirting with the idea. Well, okay. First of all, I'm very pro reseeding. I'm very pro the one through 16 reseeding because I just feel like, look, this is the time to experiment. This is the time to like see if something like this works. Right. So it's like we might as well just like go for it. And of course, I would rather face the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round uh, over the Nets, because like a lot of people are like, oh, like Katie's not coming back. Katie's not coming back. But if we're not playing until July, which it seems like if we're going to at all, July would be the time. That's more than a year since the Achilles. And like he could come back. And like, I know. Freddie, you're not as big into like narratives as I am, but to me, I'm like revenge narratives are very powerful. And I feel like Kevin Durant would like, I almost feel like he'd be more motivated to play if he knew he was facing Toronto. You know what I mean? Like, I think if it, if we were coming back and playing in the month of June or earlier, there's like no way he'd risk it. But July, yeah. I feel like that opens up the conversation a bit more. And, uh, you know, to um, Alan's point about facing LeBron, uh, would we not face the Lakers in the finals or you're thinking we would face them before the finals and then we'd face the Clippers in the finals? So I just busted in out our this, fantasy uh, in our fantasy. We make it all the way in, to the finals in, in the in the sweet kind of uh, <laughs> like in, in the, the, the 16 bracket. Yeah, actually, I mean, I know so- I, I put the cart before the, the horse there a little bit, but. Oh, no, it's all good. Um, <laughs> but, but what I'm saying, though, is I think that if like in, in this kind of like reseeding, if we played the Grizzlies 
And, you know, like in the conference finals, we would have to play like if we, you know, let's say we beat the Grizzlies, we have to play the winner of the Pacers and the Nuggets. Let's say we beat them. Ooh, right. Yeah. Um, we would have to play one of the Rockets, the Jazz, the Lakers or the Nets. So under your scenario of like narratives, I think that if the Nets have to play the Lakers, KD would probably want to play LeBron pretty bad. Yeah. And then also, if they somehow beat the Lakers and, and we had to play the Nets in the conference finals, then KD, like, I feel like he'd more likely come back, you know? Right. I really wow. don't even know what I'm saying because we're just wildly speculating about This is wild, but this is fun. This <laughs> yeah. is what you do right now. Yeah, um, this is uh, good times. Yeah, I mean, I love the idea of facing the Lakers in the playoffs. I don't even care what round it is. Uh, aside from like what Alan was saying, just like getting past LeBron and like how huge that would be. But also, like we did win that one game in against the Lakers this past regular season in LA, and like they definitely had no idea who like Chris Boucher was. His name wasn't on any of their <laughs> scouting reports, and he like dunks on LeBron, and they're just like, "Who is this guy?" And it's like so. I, I mean, it was like my favorite moment last season. I loved it. Oh, I want to see more of that. It was amazing. And my my uh, my my brother and sister sister in law were at that game, and they almost got beat up by Lakers fans because they were being so obnoxious. Oh um, my gosh, that's yeah, crazy! A, a Lakers fan went right up to them when they were sitting because Miguel kept going Boucher, um, and this guy came up to him and he's like, "Yeah, you better stop." And uh, his wife was jokingly like, oh, you know, I'm pregnant. And then the guy, like his face, his facial expression didn't change. And he's like, oh, you better, my God. Yeah, you better stop. But I, I think the Lakers, you know, they're 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 the perfect type of franchise where, you know, all that fervor, all that like humiliation of losing, like after, you know, Kobe left, like that really kind of a gross era. Mm -hmm. It's really kind of like that emboldened behavior it's like no no we're back at our, our our rightful place so i think that game in particular like a a squad uh that was basically just outworking them beating them in their home court on in the fourth quarter was it was yeah it was a huge game obviously the dallas you know come back and yeah yeah you know there's a lot of a lot of contenders for best game but i think that lakers game is one for sure um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, obviously, I think the, the, the Dallas comeback game was like our best like moment of this season. But I just personally, the, the, that dunk was just everything. And then in the post game presser, this is like a bit of an aside, like watch that Chris Boucher post game presser. Like he it, it's like the cameras are on him. It's like the first time that's ever happened to this guy. And he's just like, I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. Well, <laughs> and it's yeah. like, it's really sweet. It's really endearing. If you think about a guy like Boucher, you know, he's been alongside Fred and Norm and Pascal mm. and, um, you know, Miller, who also has, you know, he's never really had his breakout moment. But Miller was, I think he was a part of that Dallas uh, comeback, that zone. But, um, yeah, yeah, like, you know, Boucher's worked for, he's worked so hard for such a long time. So a game like that, like, you know, he might never, you know, he's not going to become a starter. So every player's arc is a bit different. So if you, mm -hmm. if you think about Boucher, like that might be his Rudy game. You know what right. I mean? That might be the, he blocked LeBron hard. Yeah. Like yeah. he can say that for the rest of his life. Like I was yeah. in a game, we won in Staples Center 
it was LeBron and AD, and I blocked the shit out of him. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then you can also be like, and then this, a pandemic happened, which was even weirder. And I was the example of the person who left my quarantine to go shopping. <laughs> to go to Love Lust. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's a lot going on. Like, this is a juicy season. Okay, Alan, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump. Uh, kind of speaking, like you know, jumping into the pandemic, like preparedness. Um, it takes a lot for these athletes to to be in shape at any given time let alone playoff shape, let alone game shape. What are you, you know, who would you expect? Like which Raptor is going to come out in, in the best possible kind of like playing condition? And then also who do you think is going to, is for whatever reason going to be in, in, a, in a, the, you know, the mo- is going to have the most rust? Um, I think it's hard. It's hard to say. Because I feel like there's two factors. I feel like it's like whose body needs to recover the most, and I think it's Norm. But does Norm have kind of the uh, the 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 drive and focus to kind of keep up with the workout regimen while he's? Because like it's easy once you start like feeling better, you don't necessarily want to move that much. You know, you kind of just want to relax and give your body a break. So I don't know if he's right. really in tip top shape. But oh, you um, mean like coming off of an injury, right? Yeah, because like if you come off an injury, like your the first instinct is not yes, you know, put up some shots. It's like let's <laughs> let's enjoy this peace, you know, amongst yeah. all these notions. Um, so I don't know. I, I think maybe uh, definitely a vet. I think definitely a vet. Maybe like a Larry or a Baca, somebody who's just like, all right, yeah, it's cool. My body and mind is right. <laughs> I have a, a private place to shoot and play basketball because I've had made enough money in this NBA game to you know put up a. a, a, a a, a suitable place to shoot around in my own house as opposed to like people who just like kind of lease a place. So I think like a Bach or a Lowry probably come back the best. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good pick because I think that, you know, for Kyle, he just plays, obviously he's cerebral, but he plays, you know, it, basketball is uncompromising and he's not a big guy and he just takes charges and, and I'm sure his body is thanking him. And and he, he won't let it slip either. He won't let this time mm-hmm. eat away at him. You know what I mean? I think he's doing all the right things. Abaka as well is you know, plays very physical, very aggressive. I feel like Abaka, you know, any any night that he has like a if he ever has a rest game, he kinda comes Ooh. back and has a double double anyways. Um yeah. sh- shooting is what I expect. I expect, you know, there's some there's you know, some players that have kind of like shooting struggles. Uh, where where are you, Catherine? Who do you think is gonna kind of struggle, and who do you think um, will come back looking good? Yeah, I mean, this is interesting. I don't know if I agree with the with the Norm Powell take because I think this break has been a huge blessing for him. Um, and the and maybe he isn't working out a lot because he lives in Las Vegas for some inexplicable reason. <laughs> yeah, is he there right now? <laughs> yeah, he lives in oh, Las God. Vegas. He's not even from Vegas. Oh, so. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, How listen, Danny you- Green has snakes. I live in Vegas. That's what's yeah, up. Like, if I could just live anywhere and I'm not gonna like live like where I'm from, it's not gonna be Vegas. But no anyway. Way. <laughs> 
Um, so who knows? I mean, I'm hoping that this time is a bit of a blessing for him that he can get healthy. I think the player that might come back the worst might be, and I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's going to be Marcus All because he mm. had the same recurring hamstring injury last season and he's getting older. And I think although this time is a blessing for him as well, it's like, I just think you get to a certain age where like recurring injuries are just harder and harder to come back from. Yeah. And I kind of felt like last year, like although he has another year on his contract, I was like, Gasol might be done. Like, I don't want this to be true at all. I like, I love Gasol, but I'm just thinking like he could be, he, it, it could be it for Gasol this year. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, no, but he seems yeah. to be on that, on that side of it. So well, I think, you know, he's such a unique player, especially in today's game. Mm-hmm. And is just walking this fine line of kind of like crafty, heady, cerebral basketball in a seven foot body. Yeah. That is not the seven foot body that's most common now in the NBA where you can like where it's based on speed. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I know a guy like Bam Adebayo is not seven feet or I don't think he's seven feet, but he's that kind of like modern, like that's what I think bigs are going to more so look like now. And so, yeah, Gasol's kind of this relic and I totally agree with you. I think he could use the time to heal his body, but also he's someone where I think it must just be so easy for him to, to put on weight or struggle to get back into game shape or, and, and again, like father time is undefeated and he's 35 and this just might be a scenario for him where it's like every every week that goes by, you're just your body's getting a bit slower. Yeah, um, like because he did need time to get healthy, but now it's like has it almost been like too much time? You know or is he mean? just chugging rosé and he's like yeah, two that. two more months of a <laughs> pandemic party? I mean, Let's last rock. year last year was such an iconic year for Gasol that I could also see him being like, you know what? Like I'm like if my body can't do it, like I'm good. You know, I don't know. Uh, in terms of like the best, I I mean, I hope it, it's it's Siakam. I hope Siakam comes back. Yeah, well, that's the most important one. Yeah, or, like we really need him. Like I think Kyle and Serge are gonna be consistent. Like I think they're gonna come back and they're gonna give us what we expect of them. Um, Pascal, I really hope does not struggle <laughs> when we come back. I mean, if he like, because well, I think that you you kind of hit on my like what I'm most nervous about, and I think that this team struggled on offense this year, uh, you know, at the best of times mm-hmm. and, and kind of emerged as like an, an extremely elite, versatile, arguably defense, best defensive team in the NBA. But uh, offense, you know, we were never there. We're never top five. We're not right. really, we're just not that team this year and we don't really have the weapons or efficient scoring. So yeah, Pascal clicking and scoring easy, is is beyond important for the success of his team. I think particularly as we, as we get past the the Grizzlies and the and, and the Nets. Yes, I'm being a bit cocky, but this team, <laughs> we're going we're going back to back. Come on now. Um back to back. And it, yeah, that's right, man. Matt's got Matt's got the whispering back to back down pat. If you if you little need to improv hear, sting, man. That's right. <laughs> if you need to hear a man whisper back to back, trust me, I know a guy. Um, 
Okay, let's uh, let's move on to the next segment. Um, Alan, you've been through this before, but Catherine, it's going to be a first time for you. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, Matt, if you have any inspirational music, uh, I'd really appreciate it. Yes, Freddie, I'd love to give you some inspirational music. Would you like that? I'd love it very much. Oh, my God. I like how official Matt was there. <laughs> feels like I'm being like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm being seen. Um, okay. <sighs> when this pandemic started, you know, I needed an escape. And that escape, of course, was going to be basketball related. So I created a player, Federico Rivas. And <laughs> I was so bad at the early part of the game that lucky for me, I got drafted by the Toronto Raptors. I was the worst at the draft combine, and I got, you know, the Raptors won the championship. So there I was. Well, how, how am I doing, you might ask? It's game 71. I'm playing into the future, of course. I have 18 points, three rebounds, and nine assists. Second in the league in assists now. Whoa. 51% from the field and 34% from three. Um, David Aldridge uh, is the side, like you know, the courtside interviewer, and I think he's gradually getting more angry at my cockiness. I'll, uh, I'll update you there, but Aldridge, you know, he hasn't smiled at me for a bit. <laughs> um, the uh, the Raptors are forty six and twenty six with me uh, at uh, third in the East, so you know we're a bit worse. Than the Raptors, uh, than the real Raptors percentage-wise, but we're closing the gap. Now, uh, last uh, two things here. My player dove for a loose ball, and I've been trying to do that all season. It was really cool, except that my player kind of dove the wrong direction and took a really long time to get up. And they, the other team, did this like elaborate. It was the Lakers. There was like a bunch of like a triple alley oop. So that was frustrating. But I was happy that I dove. Um, and uh, yeah, last little bit. I'm, I'm closing in on Mark Jackson's all-time record uh, of assists in a rookie season. He's at 868. I have, uh, yeah, I'm at game 71. So I have 11 games left. And um, I've calculated that if I average 16 assists a game, I can get it done. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's it for me. That's my update. Uh, if there's any reporters out there uh, with questions, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear them. Yeah, uh, with th- uh, right over here, Alan, the Toronto Sun Sports Edition. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what's your rating for three-pointers since you're shooting 35%, is it? Um, yes. So Sorry, I'm, I'm shooting uh, 34% from three. And your three-point rating is... Um, my three-point rating... Oh, okay, right, sorry. My three-point rating is 82%. It's been maxed out all season. So I I got to be honest with you. I don't know how to shoot threes properly. Um, I've spent a lot of time watching people on YouTube do it, and uh, I've determined that I'm bad at video games. <laughs> That's fair. Any well, other questions? You playing, playing point guard? I'm playing shooting guard, but it's kind of a thing. It's a James Harden thing. And um, every time Kyle Lowry gets the ball, I demand it from him. <laughs> all right, all right. I, th- I think the 16 a game is possible. Yeah, it's possible, right? I can do this. Yeah, run a uh, pick, and, pick and pop, pick and, pick and roll with Kyle Lowry. You'd be all right. Yeah. 
Hey, Ky- Fre- Kyle's good. Um, sorry, good. Go ahead. Freddie, hi. It's uh, Joe Warmington again from Toronto Sun. <laughs> wow, Joe. Okay. <laughs> uh, just wanted to know if you've scanned your face yet into your, your player, or are we still dealing with uh, that uh, unruly fellow look that you have right now? Joe, you're always um, you're always where the where the news uh, is is most breaking. Thank you. Um, yeah, I haven't scanned my face yet. Uh, I'm a bit nervous, but um, I, I think I think hopefully one of these podcasts we can show the fans a uh, an image of my face scanned on to the 2K <laughs> player with um, hopefully the player's hair as well because it's cooler than mine. Um, well, that's great. I just want to also say that I was the one who came up with the term "covidiots." So, <laughs> thank you so much, Joe. Um, is there any other questions? And, and I guess you know, if there's another Joe Warmington question, I'll take it. <laughs> um, um, hello over here, uh, Boris Dirk here. Uh, just. <laughs> Just wondering, uh, do you and uh, Fred Van Vliet call each other uh, Freddy Squared when none of us are around? See, this is this is the biggest problem with the game. You can't have your own personal dialogue with the players because, let me tell you what, I want to say that. Um, and there's nowhere to type in text. So I say things like that, Fred to Fred, hey, we're both Fred, all, all day. Um, but, you know, I'm just speaking to my... Um, my PlayStation. So, uh, uh, any other right, questions? Uh, one, one more question. I, I don't know if you made the All Star team or not. Could you talk about that? I'm a bad reporter. Uh, that <laughs> that's okay. Uh, bad reporters uh, deserve questions too. Um, I did not. Uh, I've I've won Player of the Week twice, and I made the um, the rookie rookie sophomore game. I'm second in rookie voting right now, behind Ja Morant. Do you wow. feel slighted? Um, no, honestly, because Jaw is averaging twenty-five points. Oh, I thought uh, you were cocky, though. I'm pretty cocky, but 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 also for whatever reason in this game, Memphis is in third place in the West. <laughs> okay. So honestly, I got to give credit where it's due. Like Jaw has big stats, and his team—it's like the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Grizzlies. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna write down you said something mean about Ja Morant. Well, yeah, sense. you know what, Ja, I wish there were more letters in your first name. Okay. <laughs> you know what? No, I don't. I take it back. Uh, and I I think that's um, that, if there's any unless there's any other questions, that's about it for the segment. That's about it. Okay. Um, let's uh, <laughs> let's move on. I know. Yeah, nice, nice, very climactic way to end that. Eh? Um, I, I should have come up with another. Can I? Here, I'll come up with another question. Okay, um, sure. Um, Boris Dirk again. Uh, in the in your video game in this world, um, where are your favorite places to party? That's a great question. Um, my favorite place to party is the Gatorade Gym. Because uh, I love the music, uh, lots of other fellows come in to work out as well, so that's fun. And uh, there's like a part where you can try to get a Gatorade discount, <laughs> and I, to me, that's a pretty fun party. Okay. Uh, and uh, on that extremely climactic note, <laughs> we'll end this segment. You know, just on a roller coaster ride uh, to the top, and um, let's keep the energy just. Pump in here. Um, Maddie, if you got a sting for the NBA, 
Give it to us. Okay. No. Brady. <laughs> on the fly. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> wow, just uh, Matt's just, you know, he's he's just like... Can somebody get nurse okay. a fisherman's friend, please? <laughs> I'm not sure what to say. <laughs> That wasn't a COVID sting. I need to remind the listeners that was pre-COVID. That is just a fisherman's friend ad for for Coach Nick, which is for Catherine. Well, you. I'll say this: it, you know, it just it just holds less weight when you when you do it every week. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if we've had a podcast during the pandemic where the coughing sound effect hasn't been. <laughs> heavily featured yeah but um you know um we have an email address so you go ahead and you address your anger towards matt yeah um and uh yeah just tweet at us we'll uh <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with your anger and just we, to, won't, we won't change i just want to say that nick nurse hasn't been screaming as much obviously he's just been quietly playing his guitar so he hasn't he probably has piles and piles of those of those fishermen's friends just going to waste going stale can't wait for him to get back and start uh, stressing out those vocals. He started yeah. making his own merch. He did? Yeah, but you can't buy the hats yet. Yeah. <laughs> he he, he gu- still doesn't have the hats. Does he have what? Gu- guitar picks? So he has a t-shirt and he has a hoodie. And uh, <laughs> it says proceeds go to like uh, COVID-19 relief, which is like very vague and confusing. Because it's like, what does that mean? Like... <laughs> Where does this money go exactly? Um, anyway, uh, they're really expensive. I, I don't like the t-shirt, but the hoodie's nice, actually. The hoodie's nice. Ooh. I haven't I think, bought it. No, I th- Sorry, what, what were you saying, Alan? That's a Christmas idea for, for Gappen right there. I was thinking of that. Oh. Hey. You know what? Good look, I think good looking out, Alan. <laughs> yeah, Alan's is a mindful fellow. Uh, but I, I think though, I think that the the charity though it actually is um it's towards uh like I, I don't know I think it's it's about something about what was I just reading? Oh right, yeah, it was like getting the Arkells like a bigger studio. Yeah. Um. So I think if you buy any of of Nick Nurse's merch, it's it's gonna go straight towards the Arkells. You know, this, next album and and all that. So the singer from the Arkells like models it. Models oh really? Merch. Yeah, he models it. That makes a lot of sense. I, I'm hoping their relationship graduates to full like. You know, like it starts getting sexy. Like, yeah, Nick, I, Nick, I know Nick we're house. really, um, we're well, really sidetracking start? here, but uh, mm-hmm. just to let uh, your fans know that, uh, well, actually, I haven't been in a few months, but when you used to go to www.nicknurse.com, actually, I'm doing it right now to see if it's still there. It used to be a barista holding a latte with the Raptors logo in the latte, like latte art. Oh yeah, it's still there. Oh, it's still there, baby. Yeah, a little latte, Nick Nurse. Anyway, just so I wait, feel like Nick... people need to know. People need to know that that's his website. Okay, that really makes me think that we need to buy whichever Raptor doesn't have their own website. Like we need to buy chrisboucher.com <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's the one. O'Shea, O'Shea would email us and he'd be like, guys. 
<laughs> I'm like, come on. I live near you. Please don't. Um, okay, let's let's talk some NBA. Uh, Catherine, I'm going to start with you. Um, yes. I'm not sure how familiar you are with all of the different scenarios. There's so many. I'm, there's probably, you know, new scenarios to, uh, you know, you, you, whoever's listening to this podcast, it's going to be on the, on the 27th. So there's probably even, you know, newer scenarios that I don't know of yet. But um, it seems to me like they're entertaining the idea of kind of like of group like like world cup style almost like soccer kind of like group play to get people into you know a better i guess shape before the playoffs or the first round uh they're entertaining going straight to the first round um the straight to the playoffs and then they're also entertaining um kind of reseeding so i know we already talked about reseeding but i'm just talking about like what what do you think is like well, you know, we're, we're not health experts. We're, we're just speculating here. So let's not worry about that. I, I, from an entertainment perspective, what do you want the most? Like, would you like to see a play in? Would you like to see group stage? You know, do you think it's important to finish out the regular season? Like, just as a fan, what do you want? I mean, I don't think it's important to finish out the regular season, all things considered. But at the same time, like, we're not the New Orleans Pelicans or, you know what I mean? Right, team that yeah. had sort of more at stake with the last part of the regular season that we've missed. I mm-hmm. think in terms of, like, all this, like, group play, like, of course, like, if it, if it happened, like, I'd tune in. But I don't think just as a fan it's as important. I think that's more important for the players just to have a few like real game sort of reps under their belt but like even i'm not sure with this uh with that scenario would that count in terms of like the playoff ranking or is the playoff ranking like set do you know or they Um, haven't decided yet are you talking about the group stage yeah yeah i think the group stage um and the play-in are kind of you know in the same tree or the same branch of uh, of an idea, which is you know it serves the purpose of kind of like getting the players some run before the games are, are you know yeah like more. That's, that's more important for them than it is for us as fans. Right, but 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 also you know to your point, if you're a Pelicans fan, you're like absolutely not. Give me a chance to have Zion. In the playoffs, right, right. like we were, we were going there, you know, or, you know, like I'm sure you know, if you, you'd be confident. Right. Um, and, and then I think, you know, it also like playing a group stage or a play in also kind of gives the teams that are, you know, like the, that, that are like eight and seven. It gives them like it's, it seems unfair to them, but also at the same time, it gives them a mini kind of like. Like leg up for, you know, if the Raptors first game is against a team that has played, you know, a couple games already, then that could be like a then mini leg up. That's a disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, getting it fair and doing it well, I think is, is going to be tough. But um, Alan, where, where are you at uh, as far as kind of like play in and, you know, all these different options? See, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I want from all this. Like I, I do kind of want to see them maybe get some runs in because like, they're going to be isolated anyways, right? Like they, they can't necessarily function all, all these players to and back to their home. So they're going to be isolated and playing these games anyway. So I'm like, why not get a game in beforehand? Each each team gets a couple of runs at a, you know, a random squad and then start the tournament after that. 
maybe treat it like a I don't know. I, don't, I see it's 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 such an odd time because once again I feel like there's definitely an asterisk on this season, regardless yeah. of how you how you do it. I don't think the champion's gonna feel like the champion. I think they're gonna feel like the champion of this new thing. So maybe this is a new thing and we do a World Cup style couple uh, you know, each different group stages and you play each one and then you go into a tournament from there or you know, so I'm I'm open for whatever. It's just fun to just see basketball. That's I think that's what yeah, the end goal of all this sure. is. And, and we can give up on the 2020 season and say this is something different. Freddie, you know yeah, sorry, I just wanted to ask you something sure. quickly. Um, as a season seat holder, have you heard anything on how they're dealing with your tickets or or what? Like, is there any info on that? Yeah, so my brother got an email. It's, it's something to the effect of like they they need to, um, and then the, the, this is why these announcements are so important. So I think that at once the cancellation of the season as we know it um, is official, um, they can start to figure out money and okay. how. But yeah, they have said that people will get their money back. But I think what's really complicated is. You know, it. No one. It's not like the, the NBA would pick a date when when this all happened, right? So, mm-hmm. certain teams have more games to play than others, mm-hmm. and 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 contracts and all that kind of stuff. It's all based on a certain amount of games you play and that sort of thing. So, I feel what's really complicated about this is kind of like how exactly are you the most fair um, to the players and to the fans and. I mean, again, let's just stay in speculation territory because I think, you know, if we if we go bird's eye on this thing, then it gets even more insane, um, particularly with Disney World and all that. (laughs) But um, I kind of want to keep the conversation in in the in the competitive world. And Alan, I'm going to stick with you as far as because I I think you kind of captured the sentiment of maybe this is just something new and maybe trying to recreate what was now is like a failure before you even start because this is this circumstance is so dramatic and unique that a lot of people have been comparing you know oh well in the lockout season you know the spurs won and it was an asterisk and i think this is a i think it's fair to say this is a bit different um this is a bit kind of uh more extreme than that than than a, a bargaining uh you know, bargaining dispute, but, uh, yeah. Like, what do you think? Like, you know, as a Raptor fan or like think about the Bucks or, or whomever, or if you're, you know, Lakers or Clippers and you worked hard to make sure you your records high. Um, what do you think is the best way to reward, uh, home court given that there's just no way it's going to matter? Um, yeah, I, I guess maybe instead of tip off, they just get the ball first. They start with it, and we go from there. And then you give the away team second and thir- second and third quarters with the ball, and and maybe that's the only way. Because yeah, once again, <laughs> you're playing an isolated basketball island, or is it was it Epcot, or is it? I forget what it's called, but it's, it's something like Super Duper Sports Center. That's like that's like a fun it's thing. Well, no, yeah, it's Epcot. actually. It's, <laughs> It's maybe not, yeah, Alan's, Alan's is, sounds a lot more real. <laughs> Super duper sports center land. Yeah. yeah. And, and fun zone. Um, no, I think you're right, though. I think it's kind of like, um, 
like what exactly do you do? Um, and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to kind of like do in a, in a, in a really fair way. Do you have a, a take Catherine? Um, I'm sort of of the mind that like you can't recreate home court advantage. And I think it's a yeah. mistake to try. Okay. You know, like I think you just kind of like what Alan was saying, like you just, you got to do it as something new. And I agree with that, which is why I'm even more pro reseeding because it's like, let's just treat this as like a new thing. And well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think reseeding in a way has a little bit of that kind of like home court stuff baked into it. Because if you do a full 1 to 16 reseed, you know, for instance, if you're the Raptors, it, it, it matters that you have the third best record in the NBA and you're slightly ahead of the Clippers. Sorry, listeners, I always got to let my petty come through a bit. <laughs> but we have a better record than the Clippers. <clears throat> um, and no, and I think that does matter, right? And, 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 and that matters further down the line. Like if you're let's say Oklahoma city or something, and you have better records than the, the last two teams in the East, you know, that should matter to you, right? Like you should have yeah. a bit of an easier time. So, uh, and, and I, I think I like Alan's idea um, as, you know, the kind of like getting rid of the tip because if you just give the team the ball, like it's not like you're giving them a point. Like yeah, it's just, it's, it's a gentle kind of, I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it's just, it's such a small consolation. Right. Yeah, it's not the same as like yeah, Kawhi it, having yeah, yeah playing kind of in, like, in Toronto for Game Seven. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, by all means, give them the <laughs> opening tip. But it's like, okay, you know, like it's just. I I mean I don't know I don't have answers, but you know what? I'll I'll say this like uh you know I thought when the NBA came out with like the new All Star stuff that it was going to be total BS and it was going to be stupid and then it turned out to be really great so mm-hmm. I feel like I really trust <laughs> Adam Silver like mm-hmm. even more than I did before and I already did trust him generally but uh, I think like whatever the NBA comes up with even if I am skeptical like I'm more likely to just kind of go along with it mm-hmm Oh yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm speculating for the sake of a podcast, but yeah, I will okay. be. I will be watching Sorry, every game to undermine the entire process. Yeah, how dare you <laughs> devalue what we are doing, Catherine? No, but no, but like, I yeah, for sure. I there's no form. I, you know, let's just say this: I'm one of the people who watched the horse competition. Okay, so what the whatever the NBA trots out i will be right. eating up for sure um me too except for those live things i, I, I can't watch those instagram live videos wait what are those or they just have like a player take over the instagram and they talk to someone and it's just i don't know what the point of it is oh yeah i'm i'm good on that i'll pa- i'll pass on interviews you know what i mean <laughs> what i won't pass on is like any actual basketball um, you let's, gotta, uh, you gotta think of it a little differently, guys. We have an opportunity to orchestrate those arenas, get somebody in who can simulate the crowd noise. Do you know what I mean? So the home team gets the cheering. Oh, and, you know, and then behind the the net for the opposing team, the visiting team, uh, clown mirrors in the, in the stands. <laughs> Like <laughs> fake noise? Well, yeah. I, if that's no. the, so, you know what I mean, like like a laugh this, track. Matt. 
Matt, this is genius. Everyone's yeah. already talking about like, you know, the, the Bundesliga in Germany, uh, I think the Premiership maybe as well, are pumping in fake noise. But yeah, we got Disney. You yeah, know what it's I mean? Disney. Like, it should be like Jaws every time the <laughs> other guys have the ball. And then whatever, like I already made an E.T. joke, but like inspirational E.T. music if someone's like on a breakaway. Um, the, like the, the home, home guys. The mechanical jaws behind the uh, away team. Oh, yeah, yeah. As you shoot free throws, the next little pop-up comes back down. Okay, yes. Oh. I'm sorry. Alan's idea is way better. I Mine was just the sound, but you're thinking like full animatronic. Bring like it's a bit scary. Bring it on home. You know what would be cool, and this is like kind of scary, like futuristic stuff, but they could do it, is if they uh, if they could broadcast the game, but then also create a VR experience. So you wear a VR headset, and it's like you're in the arena, and you pay like like old school like pay per view like to do that. They, there actually cool. was somebody who did that. I think it's like Hulu. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think this is the kind of thing that's like sort of already in the works, but that's a way to sort of make up for uh, in audience revenue. Like you couldn't charge the same much the same amount of money for an actual ticket, but you could charge like 40, 50 bucks to have Mm -hmm. this like VR experience. You should be able to design your own crowd. Yeah, and then and then I think like even if the players like were not actually there, like they know we're like invested on that level. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying my crowd will look a lot like medieval times. <laughs> <laughs> like regardless. Everyone yeah, that just like, looks like a Game of Thrones extra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like just just like a a chicken thigh and a mug full of like like flat Pepsi. You know what I mean? That's my the shit. Pepsi. And they always um, give you like tomato soup for some reason. Too? Have you noticed that? Is that just me? Yeah. Medi- time medieval, times, medieval times. Medieval times is wonderful. Uh, my little brother Thomas used to work there, and uh, I always have to tell everyone who will listen to this that um, he said quite often during the show, the falconer, the person who would bring out the falcon, um, would lose the falcon because it would just fly up to the rafters and stay there the whole show. <laughs> so... I, I really enjoy that quite a bit that the Falcon, like they need it, you know what I mean? So they got to keep like feeding it, but it didn't really like cooperate too much. That's um, I just wanted to see a free show. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> poor Falcon. Uh, Matt, let's, um, you know, we, we've been living in the past a little bit because of the last dance, but I think these drafts from the past have been too fun. So um, will you please walk us through whatever draft yeah. you, you went deep on this week? Uh, yeah, I decided to go back to the time of your birth, the 1986 draft. Let's go back to 1986. What was going on? Oh, here we go. (laughs) He really sells his, like, own effects, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, it's getting kind of hot here. (laughs) What is going on, 86? Okay, well, we had the Chernobyl meltdown. That must be where the heat's coming from. (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Why are we laughing about this? I know it's not funny. It's so not funny. Um, that happened, and we all got terrified in the last summer. HBO, check it out. Uh, <laughs> You're plugging for HBO. Um, some other exciting news that happened in 1986: the Channel was announced. If you've taken the Channel 
from uh, England over to France. I have. And I will say, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I will say it would be better if it was like Ripley's Aquarium. You're going through not just this dark tunnel for three hours. Sure. Uh, other things that happened in 1986, the Pope and Mother Teresa met in Calcutta. Hello. Uh, <laughs> are you insinuating they went on a date? I don't know, man. I'm like, are you insinuating they hooked up in 86? <laughs> this one. This one's off the rails quick, Matt. Let me, switch, let me switch over to a little uh, NBA. What happened? Uh, five foot seven. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to hear more no. about the Pope and Mother Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I actually I completely agree with Ellen. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't know what happened there, but we know they met and it was a huge deal. Yeah, uh, but uh, five foot seven Spud Webb of the Atlanta Hawks won the slam dunk competition. Heyo, um, this is a huge one. Record for thrown return boomerang toss is set at one hundred and twenty one meters. That's a huge one. Yeah. Now, Freddie, this one, this one is directed. Uh, at your your actual birthday on June 7th. Oh, okay. You know what? Madonna woke up that morning and her single Live to Tell went number 1. So, hey, good was, track. Yeah. Big track. Cheers hey. Madonna. I'm just going to throw a few uh <laughs> throw a few of the uh good movies of the time of 86. We got Top Gun and Platoon, Ferris Bueller, Critters, Labyrinth. Critters. <laughs> <laughs> Crocodile Dundee. Three Amigos, Flight of the Navigator, and my last thing I'll say about 1986 before we get to the draft, a 95-year-old woman hit a hole-in-one in Florida. Wow. Isn't that like, something? What you find historically significant is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to New York to the 1986 draft. Oh, boy. Still hot from Chernobyl. Uh, <laughs> he didn't mention that uh, Janet Jackson's epic uh, Control was released in 1986. Oh, well, you've Ooh. got your ear to 86 as well. I like that. I'm sorry. I just can't let you mention Madonna no. without mentioning Janet Do you want to throw in some 86 trivia? Go for it. No, that's it. That's it. I'm good. Thanks. Back to basketball. All right. So we're going to the 1986 NBA draft. Took place, you know, 10 days after Freddie was born on June 17th in New York. There was, uh, this is another one of those heavy pick drafts. There's 162 picks. 68 wow. ended up playing in the, in, uh, the draft, which was uh, pretty good. And they uh, produced five All-Stars of those 68. So uh, this is the part where I like to uh, go through the top 10 in the draft. And, uh, and, and we all get to enjoy your pronunciation. Yeah, yeah let's, see. <laughs> let's see who I get wrong. There's some that look very obvious. Hope I don't so, see them. Some are sneakers, man. I, yeah. This is fun. Okay, so Cleveland, first overall pick, they took Brad Doherty. Mm-hmm. All right. Boston, they pooched it on the second pick, took Len Bias. Bias? Well, I, I should say, oh, Matt. Well, he passed away. Less of a pooch, more of a tragedy. Oh, no. What happened? Len Bias passed away before the draft. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's Okay. Where is the learning process? Why didn't they hyperlink him so I could check him out? They should have. They really should have. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. No, I did. I did. He. I thought he was drafted and then he passed away before this. Yeah. Why would they started. draft him after yeah. he died? Yeah. Oh, I'm. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. He, 
Sorry, I mean, he passed away before he was able to play. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That sucks. So that's why I'm like, that's weird. A second overall pick, no stats? No, he and he was coming in like LeBron <laughs> style. Like, the Len, Len oh, Bias was no. ridiculous. Oh, yeah. no. promise, yeah. Jeez, Len Bias. Uh, sorry to Len Bias' family. Uh, he, they did not pooch it. It was a great pick. Um, <laughs> it's okay. We're not Bill Simmons. We're not going <laughs> to destroy you for it. <laughs> Golden State Warriors to Chris Washburn, third overall, followed by Chuck Person. Is that easy? It's not like Person? No, you're, you got him, man. Chuck Person. I did look him up a bit. He's had some legal troubles in the last year. Um, <laughs> went fourth overall to Indiana. The Knicks to Kenny Walker, fifth overall, followed by William Bedford to Phoenix. Roy Tarpley went to Dallas. If you remember him, he played six seasons. And uh, Cleveland had another pick in the top 10 there. Ron Harper, Harpy, uh, went eighth overall, <laughs> followed by Brad Sellers and Johnny Dawkins going to Chicago and the Spurs, respectfully. And, uh, you know, other notables in this draft right after Detroit had a huge draft. John Sally went 11th overall to Detroit. Uh, yep. D- Del Curry went 15th to uh, Utah. Um, and don't forget Dennis Rodman. He went, uh, where was he? Detroit? He was late, wasn't he? Was it Detroit or Dallas? Detroit. No, he went to Detroit. I think he was like, can't even find him. Oh, man, I'm I, all thrown I, I up. Can't, I can't, oh, Matt, Matt, you're good. I, I, I can't find him here, but let me say, I always like to point out names that are a bit odd or funny. Someone Torn- got drafted that is named Michael Jackson. I was going to bring up Michael Jackson. <laughs> He he only played three seasons before going. That noise <laughs> is an all timer. Um, some coaches in there, Matt. I don't know if you're going this direction, but you know Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan. Now there was another player. Uh, did I mention him already? Hornacek. He's yeah, probably Hornacek. he's probably uh, one of the best picks that were picked late. Yep. Um, and then like a father. You, yeah, Mike, uh, Michael Jackson. I don't know much about. This one, but I, <laughs> I, if if it was if it was the actual Michael Jackson who did like Thriller and then joined the NBA for three seasons, that that would have been crazy, freaking nuts, like a, mas- like a masterpiece scenario. Just like you know what, yeah. I've conquered music. Time to concert basketball. Wow. There's also a guy named Baker Baker or sorry Baskerville Holmes. Baskerville which definitely Holmes. sounds like a real estate subdivision. Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> It's like a, in a trilogy of books about the Baskerville Hounds. There's like oh, I like that. Oh yeah, and, and their homes, their beautiful yeah. homes. Um, it's a rich universe. But Matt, I jumped in with my funny names here. That's okay, because I was just about to get to a little trivia to sum this uh, draft up before we get back Ooh, to 2020. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm just going to ask each of you one question. Um, the first one, fair, fairly uh, easy question to ask. Uh, I'll, you know, uh, multiple choice. I'll give you three picks. Um, who has the most points in this draft class? Is it Del Curry, Chuck Person, or Jeff Hornacek? Is this for all of us? No, it's sorry. This is for um, Catherine. Oh, uh, I'm going to go Hornacek. That is correct. Ooh, Ooh nice. Jeff Hornacek, 46th overall pick by Phoenix. That's uh, He seems to be the one that leads in a lot of categories. Top pick, I would say. 15,659 points. 
followed by uh, Ron Harper, who had uh, over just under 14,000. Um, Freddie, this question's for you. Okay, here okay. we go. Of the three top boardsmen in the draft, now, do you refer to a boardsman's, uh, you call those who like rebounds boardsmen? I, I do now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, since I heard you say that, that's what I do now, yeah. Oh, okay, so of the top three boardsmen in the draft, uh, who was the only one not to hit over 10,000 points? Was it Rodman? Was it uh, Doherty or Chuck Person? Ooh, that's a good one. Let me go, let me go Doherty. Oh, uh, this person? No, it was Dennis Rodman. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh he must have. Yeah, because he got uh, he got drafted, I think, when he was a bit older than people realize and maybe just didn't play that long. He That's had so wild many games well, where he just had like no points and like 13 rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, like Doherty played eight seasons. Dennis played 14, but Dennis only had, I love how I'm calling him Dennis. Um, he only had six. He only had sixty six hundred points, and the other two guys had you know ten thousand and thirteen thousand or more. Wild. Chuck Person Wait, had a lot of points. I'm an idiot. I thought you said rebounds. Oh no, yeah, no. Dennis was the top rebounder by a long shot. Oh, okay. Yeah. I meant points of the top three boardsmen. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Did you screw Honestly, that up? I'm going to lash myself on the back so hard when the pod's done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this last question's for Alan, and then we're going to get back to that wonderful time of 2020. Um, Alan, when did Steph Curry surpass his dad's record for game starts? Season five of his career, season four of his career, or season two? Uh, hmm, I say season four. Bit of a tricky one, but Del Curry wasn't really much of a starter. He only started 99 of 1,083 games. So he actually, Steph Curry passed his dad in season two playing for the Warriors. Uh, but he still managed to be fifth all time in that draft class for points. So uh, hats off to Mr. Del Curry. Um, and just as a reminder, Steph has uh, only not started in six games of his career. Really? Yeah. I thought maybe with the Monte Ellis years, he didn't come, he was coming off the bench. No, I think even when he played, he I think the most he in one season he started was like 21 or 25 games or something like that. Mm. But most of the time he was coming off the bench. Yeah. Well, and and, and before we leave this draft, you got to we got to do a quick salute to uh, Mark Price. Who's, Mark Price. Uh, such a good scorer and such a big part of that uh that Cleveland team and he's definitely one of those forgotten players throughout the years that people always talk about yeah as a forgotten player and same same with David Wingate 15 seasons in the NBA drafted by Philly 44th overall was just a stellar human being 15 seasons that's amazing <laughs> sorry that sounded sarcastic but it was real <laughs> no I know just um, uh I'm just proud of you. Anyway, oh, 1980s, 1986, Freddie, the year of your birth. Critters, Rodman. Let's get back to 2020. Whoa, there's my Serb check. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you can see your Serb check when you travel through time. <laughs> hey, man, 2,000 bucks floating through the air. It needs a sound effect, right? You're damn right it does. 
Uh, let's uh, let's finish off strong here, Alan, Catherine, Matt. Let's do some quickish questions. Sound good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Maddie, if you got that quickish question, Sting, would you quickish give it to me? Badadabadadow. Okay, uh, you guys know how this works. Um, there's not many uh, questions today, so let's just let's just dive right into it and let's uh, let's get cracking. Uh, let's go, Catherine, Alan, Matt. Okay, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Who would win a basketball tournament composed of characters from The Wire? <laughs> the oh, cops, boy. the Barksdale crew, <laughs> the dock workers, Marlowe's gang, or prop. Or Prop Joe's East Side crew. <laughs> uh, well, definitely not the cops. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. Not those them. cops. Yeah, that would be like a pretty soft pick on your part. Uh, let's go Barksdale crew. Okay, I like yeah, it. I like that. Bar- Barksdale could jump. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Alan. You. Um, Can I just say I've never actually seen The Wire? I'm just going to put that information out into the universe. Well, you've got the time now. I was actually going to say, now's not the time. You probably have, like, other stuff to do, I'm assuming. (laughs) I honestly do not. um, (laughs) No, yeah, for sure, watch that right now. But, uh, okay, uh, Alan, this this is uh, the question number two. Um, Since there are socially, or social distancing rules, uh, but this reader thinks NBA teams like having fans to feed energy off of. In uh, wrestling right now, no crowd has really hurt energy and atmosphere. So wrestlers who are not wrestling come out and act like a crowd of a dozen. So what if the NBA made fan teams for each franchise, like a team of seven or 12 super loud crazy fans and and maybe our captain would be like Nav Bhatia um, <laughs> do you think that's a you know a good idea um, that that's kind of where he's coming from I, I didn't finish the last part of the question but um you know just kind of like if, if fans could have a crew of their own like antics makers would you be down um, if I'm selected I'd be down if I'm not selected I think it's silly and I don't see a place in it in today's NBA <laughs> oh, I like that. I like how, you know, you empathize, you understand if it's you, if it's not you, absolutely not, should be illegal. Yeah, it should be. Uh, you didn't pick me, I don't want to see it. You get like my it. vote, Alan. Uh, okay, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one's coming for you. What Toronto Raptor would be most effective in 1958 basketball, taking into account the dribbling, dribbling rules that were in effect those days? And for Matt, if you don't know those dribbling rules well, uh, it was they were very strict on carry. There's no like you couldn't put it between your legs. It was it was hard. Oh, okay. So it's, it was a, a more gentlemanly dribble rule. Yeah. Um, I think that um, you know I want to put like a, a like an Irish hat on Fred Van Vliet and. I think that he would be. Uh, I think he would be very accommodating to the rules of the time. Okay, uh, I'll accept that answer. And this last question is an all-play. Um, Catherine, you get the first crack at it. Okay. At the tender age of twelve months old, where does Fred Van Vliet Jr. rank in the all-time greatest Raptors? 
Wow. Uh, uh, let's rank. <laughs> I don't know why I was like, let's rank him number four. I don't know why. Wow. <laughs> wow. Four. Is that above his dad? Yeah, is that above his dad? <laughs> yeah, I think it would be. <laughs> okay, uh, Alan. I think I think we lost Catherine to a giggle fit. <laughs> Alan, well, where does where does Freddie Jr. rank all times? Twelve months. Freddie, uh, he's got to be top ten for sure. Yeah, I think uh, uh, looking in on top five, I put him at seven six. <laughs> okay, all right. And Matt, where do you rank Fred Jr. all time? You know, taking into account that he's still a baby. I'd like to uh, I'd like to place him right now at eighteenth. Okay. Ridiculous. By the time by the time he turns eighteen, though, he'll be number one. Oh! Wow, I like that. So you have some kind of like weird kid narrative. I have a plan. Yeah, I have a plan for him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, um, guys, uh, we've made it to the end of the podcast. Um, Alan, Catherine, Matt, uh, everyone who listens all the time, thank you so much. Um, Alan, let's go to you first. Uh, You know. I'm not sure what's going on with Second City right now. Uh, you're obviously probably in between a, a million worlds, but um, is there is there anything you want people to check out or or anything you want them to know? Uh, I don't know. Just uh, follow me on the socials. You know, the Alan Shane on on Twitter and Alan Shane on Instagram, and uh, you know, drop by drop by and say hi. Yeah, yeah, that's a right? yeah. You you drop by on socials and you say hi to to Mr. Allen. Yeah, yeah. Um, Catherine, what's up? Uh, yeah, I started uh, an NBA podcast one month before the pandemic, so that was good timing <laughs> on my yeah, part. Perfect. Uh, it's called Buckets and Tea NBA Podcast. Uh, right now, I'm just reviewing uh, basketball movies. Uh, with guests, so uh, feel free to uh, check that out. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at uh, it's me underscore Catherine. Hell yeah! I was honored to be uh, um, maybe the first guest or one of the first. You were my first guest. Yeah. Wow, this uh, was a big deal. Um, yeah, it was a we, big deal. We, we did some uncut gems. That's right. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks so much for everyone who listened to the podcast. Everyone stay safe. And uh, yeah, I guess let's tentatively get excited about basketball. All right. Yeah. yeah. And, and Matt, if you think this is good, let me know. Just say okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hashtag Team Crystal. <laughs> It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast.